I am Andrew White, and thank you for tuning in to U.S. Army Corps of Engineers podcast, Building Careers. The purpose of this podcast is to shed some light on the finer details of the federal hiring process, as well as diving into the different career opportunities within the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Building Careers podcast is made possible by your U.S. service members whose bravery and sacrifice allows you to listen to this and other great podcasts wherever, whenever, and however you want. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite platforms to include YouTube, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts so you'll be notified when each episode is published. Feel free to send me questions and comments at andrew.e dot white at u s a c e dot army dot mil without further ado here is building careers and welcome back to building careers i am your host andrew white and today on our show, we have Mr. Kelly Engler from the CPAC over in the Fort Worth District in Texas. Kelly, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Kelly, if you wouldn't mind, tell our listeners a little bit about what you do and who you are. Uh, well, like you said, my name is Kelly Engler. I um, am retired from the Army. I did 28 years. Uh, retired in 2008 and... Um, in the Army, I was a combat engineer and a career counselor. Um, that's how I got into my role that I'm in right now as an HR specialist for the Army Corps of Engineers. Um, I started as in processing in Fort Huachuca, Arizona. I did a little stint in uh, Defense Language Institute in California, and then I moved to Yuma, Arizona, and am currently with the Fort Worth uh, Southwest Division here in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Excellent. Well, definitely welcome to the show. We are more than happy to have you on. Uh, today, we want to talk a little bit about direct hiring authority and how that works. And if you can elaborate a little bit about what that is for our listeners. Right. So um, I know on the first podcast that my supervisor, Christina, did, she talked about um, announcements open to the public. And basically, she was talking about the delegated examining, which can be identified through USA Jobs with the letter D at the end of the announcement number. If you're ever into USA Jobs and looking uh, for the different announcements. So that's how that can be um, described. Um so today, our focus is basically going to be on what we have called the expedited and direct hire authorities. And just like the DE, um, they can be identified in USA Jobs by the letter E for expedited or for DH for direct hire at the end of the announcement. And one thing that's unique with the expedited and direct hire authorities is that Typically, veterans' preference does not apply to these positions. Um, that's not saying that they're all like that, but for the typical amount of them, 
they don't. Uh, two of those programs are the Pathways Recent Grads and the Pathways Internships, which I would like to talk as you know further down the road as we go. Perfect. Uh, um, as far as the expedited and direct hire, they are OPM and DOD temporary hiring authorities. Um, for those of you who don't know, OPM is uh, Office of Personnel Management, and of course DOD is direct. Uh, excuse me, is uh, Department of Defense. The reason we use or the, these authorities are to fulfill mission critical positions, or those positions that have a history of shortage qualified applicants. Some of the examples of these would be our uh, STEM program, which is the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics positions. Um, also, the real estate or acquisition, financial, or cybersecurity uh, positions. Uh, a lot of these positions that we have and with our, our current mission are very critical in order to fulfill our mission. So that is why we're using these uh, authorities, because they actually have moved quicker and we're able to hire people at a faster pace than our normal uh, merit promotions. Management does not have to give public notice on all of these, but they can if they want to. And management doesn't have to give public notice um, is if they have a hire, if they have someone that they know that they want to hire, if they have a by name, then they can go ahead and just use the direct hire authority and request that person. Now, with that said, that person still has to qualify for the position. So they're still going to have to have a resume. And if there is a um, education uh, that needs to be met, uh, for instance, on our engineer positions, uh, most of those positions have to have uh, at least a bachelor's degree within some type of engineering position. If you see the, one of these jobs on USA, it will state in the announcement that the position is being filled using EHA and DHA authority. And a lot of times the only reason that we uh, announce these are, is it's a fulfillment that we have to do through OPM and DOD. So you can apply for that position, but more than likely there's already been somebody that has been, that there's also already a by name person. And we are just, so it's a requirement that we have that has to be announced. In the other case, we do have uh, announcements that we do for DHA, which is, uh, that is, it's a simplified method that we can, that is used by management. And basically what that is, is we announce the DHA through an announcement on USA Jobs. And um, when the applicants go in, they don't have to complete a questionnaire. They just have to complete um, the, like, send in their resume and uh, uh, any other, if there's a license or a degree that is needed, they have to have that with their resume uh, to the announcement. And uh, what, what will happen will, after the announcement closes, the HR personnel will create the list of those that are qualified based off 
if they have uh, received all the uh, applicant's information needed, resume, license, or degree. And then we will send that list to the management. At that time, management will take that list and they will do their interview, their boards, or whatever else, however they decide to select the applicant. And then they will return that list to HR. HR will then take the names that the management has selected and we will qualify the applicant. It is very important to let you know that you know on every job announcement there is a section that describes the educational requirements or license requirements needed. I, I can't say that enough because there are a lot of times that we get applicants that they have a great resume, but then they forget to put in their uh, uh, degree or their license and we cannot qualify them because they did not provide us with all the information needed. Next, I'd like to talk about the Pathways Recent Grads. This is um, one of the programs we have for um, those that have just graduated or will be graduating soon from college. Now, these are, um, so when we're talking about the Pathways Recent Grads, we're talking about permanent positions, and the intent of these is to provide opportunities for uh, individuals who have a qualifying degree within that position. So it's kind of like a developmental type of opportunity. Yeah, and so that they um, can get a little bit of experience that will lead to a career with the federal government. They must apply on USA Jobs, but again, management can locate potential candidates at career field fairs or through colleges. Yeah, um, we want to talk about with career fairs. When we're out there and we see a good qualified applicant coming in um, who's about to graduate from whatever university with a degree in one of our engineering fields, whether it's structural, civil, engineer, could we have those applicants apply for Pathways at that time? Yes. Now, uh, when you're talking about the career fields, career fairs, um, what we would do at the career fair is we would receive all their information. Um, if they have their resume, if they have their uh, tra transcripts, we would take those and we would try to pre-qualify them right there. Okay. And could possibly, if they meet all the um, everything that is needed for that position, then we could pro possibly do a tentative job offer at that point. Okay, that, that's great for some of our uh, upcoming career fairs. Uh, as you know, we're constantly doing them. We've got a lot of virtual career fairs coming up. Would the same process work in the virtual world since that they'll email us that information right away? We could send that over to be potentially pre-qualified? Absolutely. Actually, um, we were planning a career fair down in San Antonio prior to the COVID, and uh, it ended up getting uh, canceled due to the COVID, but we were doing exactly that. Um, I was one of the HR specialists that was going to be here in Fort Worth, 
and they were going to have the career fair in San Antonio, and they were going to feed all the information back to me. I would pre-qualify the applicant, and then I would send it back to San Antonio and say yes or no of if we could qualify this person. So um, it's a great tool for managers. It's a great tool for um, applicants that come to these fairs and that we can give them a you know on the spot tentative offer. And, and that comes uh, once you prequal that is then up to the management to make a decision whether or not they want to make a tentative offer to that individual, correct? Correct. All we do is we pre-qualify and make sure that they meet all the eligibility. And then if management wants to um, make the tentative offer, then they just let us know and then we will go from there. Now, okay, what are some of the issues that you run into commonly with applicants, uh, their application packet? Um, a few issues. One is their resume. Normally in the civilian sector, uh, they always tell you we want a one-page resume. The federal government is totally different. We want as much in there as possible. Uh, when you're applying for a position through USA Jobs and you go to that announcement, the announcement will have a section on there that shows you what the specialized experience it is that is needed for that position. That is what we're looking for in your resume. It, it may be two different uh, portions of specialized experience. It may be three, it may be four. But the bottom line is if you do not have that specialized experience in your resume, you will not get selected for that position. Yeah. Does USA Jobs have a resume builder on there where I know there's a difference between a civilian format and a federal format? Is there a way that applicants can build a resume on USA Jobs to be in compliance with federal format standards? Uh, yes, it does. And also, we, we don't um, – we accept any type of format, but um, – the best thing to do is, like you just mentioned, was to go on USA Jobs. You apply to uh, USA Jobs and um, get your profile and everything. And then you can build, you can upload your documents and everything right there in USA Jobs. It's kind of like a one-stop shop. Right. And that's great, you know, that helps out the veterans. Um, is there an advantage to one resume format or the other? Or like you said, you guys accept any format, but in general speaking to federal applications, whether it's with USACE or anyone else, uh, one version versus the other, or they're both equal as long as the information is there? Well, obviously, because it is a federal agency, we prefer you to go into USA Jobs and use that uh, application. But again, we will, uh, any resume format that you provide us, we will take. Um, again, I can't stress enough, the biggest thing is make sure that you have that specialized experience in your resume. And once we receive that, the, uh, the other common um, problem that we see is, right. again, I stressed this earlier, 
was to make sure that you have all the documents that you need for that position. If there is an education requirement, you must send in your transcripts with your application. Uh, engineers, if, if it's an engineer position that you have to have a PE license, a professional engineer license, you must submit that with your application or you are not going to be referred to the management. All right. Talk to me a little bit about the Internship Pathways Program and how that works, you know, for an applicant who's a recent grad or coming out there. Is it only for, and it's a two-part question, because I know there's a slight difference between a recent grad and a veteran who's a recent, recent grad, because I believe veterans have an extended window to apply for something like that. Is that correct? Right. So um, for our recent grads, these are permanent positions. And again, the intent for these is to provide the opportunity for individuals to um, seek a position with the federal government at the entry level and so that they can get developmental experience. Um, and it's designed to lead to a career with the federal government. As far as um, you're talking about uh, veterans, so normally um, a regular graduate, a civilian, would have to, uh, their, their eligibility is within two years, so it has to be within the past two years of the announcement date. Now you were talking about the vests. The vests actually have up to six years if they had to fulfill a military obligation. So basically if they graduated college and then right after that they had a military obligation that they had fulfilled, they have actually up to six years from the, their graduation date to apply through the Pathways recent grads. Okay, uh, appreciate that. Um, question, what advice would you give a applicant who is looking to come in either as direct hire or pathways, you know, program, any specific, you know, thing they say, hey, you can do a lot of other things, but this is the one thing or a couple things you must make sure you do to even be considered. I kind of actually already, it's kind of interesting that you said that because my neighbor who just graduated school, um, I was talking to him, and he is looking at becoming a mechanical engineer. And so I was uh, talking to him about it. I said, look, this is the things that you need to do to make yourself successful. I said, you've heard the, uh, the old thing, uh, C's get degrees. Well, yeah, they do. But if you want to be successful, you still need to try to get as high as GPA as possible because that grade point average will make a difference to that uh, manager when they go to interview you. Um, also, you want to keep your options open. There are a lot of different positions out there. And just because this one you didn't get selected for doesn't mean you shouldn't keep trying and apply, apply, apply. That is the biggest thing. There are so many different jobs out there and there are so many different people trying to get that same position you are. But if you're not persistent on it, you're not gonna get it. You have to be persistent. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you on that. I mean, one of the key factors I tell a lot of folks out there is 
the main thing is get your foot in the door. Um, once you get your foot in the door, not that it's entirely easier, but you have a little more wiggle room, if you will, to try to get that truly desired position you're looking out for that you may not get on the first crack at it. Would you, that be fair to say? You're absolutely correct. Because I, and, I, and I'm a good example. Um, again, I retired as a master sergeant in the Army after 28 years. And when I went into the civilian sector, um, I, I put my resume, I just flooded my resume out there. And I got no prospects whatsoever. Finally, I went into um, USA Jobs and I applied for a federal position. And I got selected as a GS-4. And everybody was telling me, oh, you're just getting a GS-4. Since you're a master sergeant in the Army, you know, you're, you're no way, uh, you're belittling yourself. But the thing was, I got into the door. And that was back in 2008. Yep. I am currently a GS-12. Yep. You know, that getting your foot in the door is one of the biggest things. And then you can move up from there. You know, and I would uh, absolutely concur with you. Like I said, myself, I'm a retired major from the Army. Um, I wanted, you know, certain agencies, certain jobs. My first federal experience was working with the Department of Commerce. Um, totally different than anything that I'd ever done before. But you are 100% correct. Once I got my foot in the door, not at the GS level that I necessarily wanted to be at, given my rank as well, it afforded me the opportunity to come on in, get the job that I ultimately wanted where I am right now, and build from there. And I think that's the key thing to tell a lot of folks when they're looking for position is you may not get what you want right away. But if you're persistent and you work at it, you're going to you know find success eventually. Um, it's not the easiest uh, world to crack into, but once you get into it, the doors are wide open for you to move around, and it is, it's important to set realistic expectations for you, especially your first job out into the federal service. I think that's fair to say. Would you agree? Uh, I agree 100%. And one thing, you know, you, you want to talk about veterans a little bit. Um, one of the things that somebody told me to, like I said, I was a combat engineer also a career counselor at the end of my uh, time, but they were like, well, you're never going to get a job on the outside being a combat engineer. Um, same thing they say about infantry. But a lot of places, what they look for, yes, you have to have that specialized experience in your resume, but they also look for that leadership experience. Um, that makes a big difference. So, um, and... A lot of the, people don't understand that a lot of infantrymen, they have degrees already. And the reason a lot of them go into the military is to get their um, student loans paid off. And then once they get out, they're free to go. And, and so they already got that degree in engineering or degree in uh, hydrology or whatever in order to go into those positions. Well, I agree with everything you said there, except for the part as an armor officer, uh, infantry guys and me don't always uh, see eye to eye on. But I tease my infantry brothers and sisters out there that, um, you know, 
the real brains go to the armor core, but that's just my own personal opinion on that. That's okay. I didn't say anything about you being an officer either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I appreciate it. Well, Kelly, uh, before we let you go on anything, is there anything else that you want to chime in on, talk about, let applicants know of what they should be looking for um, when applying for a federal job or should do to keep in mind while they're going through the entire federal application process. Um, I do know it's sometimes could be a very long and daunting process. You know, you'll see things like you get referred and but may not hear anything for quite a while. Um, is there any thing that you'd like to add on to that or kind of let our listeners know what they should know about the federal resume and application process? Okay, yes, again, patience. You're, you're absolutely right. It, it, um, unlike civilian sector jobs, it can take a little while in order for the process from the time that we start an application until the end date. It, it can take quite some time. Um, and there's different reasons for that. Uh, a lot of it is just because we have to have uh, we may need to have a panel board that are interviewing process. Um, sometimes we're interviewing anywhere from 20, 15 to 20 people. And to get a panel board together that actually has time at the same time in order to do that panel and to do those interviews, it takes a lot of time. It also takes a lot of time to process all the information that HR has to do um, with the referrals and stuff. For example, I've got one uh, um, announcement right now that I am creating the referral list for. I had 106 applicants on it. So, yeah, I have to go through most of those in order to get my uh, referral list down to what the management wants. So patience is a virtue. You just got to have patience. Also, on the announcement, if you haven't heard anything for quite, a, quite some time and you're kind of curious, there is an uh, email address on the announcement that you can go to and, and do an inquiry. I suggest that that's the way you go because um, by calling your HR department, or the management, you're not going to get the right answer that you want. We have to have you go through the inquiry of that position so that it can be documented, um, like everything in the government is, is documented, that you did an inquiry and this is what your inquiry was about. And we use that so that we can serve you better uh, in the future. Well, we greatly appreciate it. Kelly, I want to uh, thank you for taking the time today to come out and uh, be on the show and talk to us and educate us some more on applying for jobs, the direct hiring, the expedited hiring process, the internship, and the Pathways program. Uh, I want to remind our listeners to follow us on the Fort Worth District on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to our next episode of Building Careers. This is Andrew White signing off. 